Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and a very special guest, backed by popular demand. She is a fan of TLOP. Yes. She is a past guest of TLOP. She is a badass mortgage professional, published author, and she is my friend. She is Christy. Call me Credit Christy Service. Christy Service, welcome back to TLOP. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. This is my third time. Wow. I, I love it. I do too. Yeah. You, you know what? When we have fans like Tom O'Brien who are like, we need more Credit Christy. I'm like, Tom, we got to deliver more Credit Christy. Thanks, Tom. And you know, yeah, thanks, Tommy. And what's awesome too is you participate in the TLOP community. Like we host these sales coaching calls for our community and you hop on I from time to time, yeah. you contribute, you offer valuable insight. Thank you. So thank you for that. Like our subscribers, our members of TLOP online, like they get a little bit of you twice a month, every single month when they log on to these coaching calls. Yeah. So um, we love it. And, and for that, thank you. If you don't know what TLOP online is, by the way, it's T-L-O-P online.com. Okay, this is not the podcast. This is literally a website that we built out to give mortgage loan originators access to all of the tools that top producers use today. So if you're a loan officer and you're feeling a little bit lost, a little bit displaced, you don't know who to turn to, where to turn, what resources to have access to, we have your solution. Yes. You just got to come visit us at tloponline.com and become a member. And when you become a member, then we open up the playbook. Then we spill the tea. We give you access to the secrets that top producers already know, and we help you deploy them so that you too can become your company's next top producer. And Christy is a part of that community, which we love. So anyhow, we are featuring right now on YouTube, a brand new book. Super excited. Yes, this is super exciting. This is your second book you ever published. It is. Yes, talk about this one. When, when is it actually released? So it isn't released yet. Okay. Yes, I bought my author copies because I'm going to have um, a signing and a party in a couple of weeks. So the actual launch date is August 15th, and it's going to be in Barnes and Noble and on Amazon and all of those things. Shut the so. front door. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Super so excited. August 15th, y'all yes. should check out Finish Financially Free. What was the motivation behind this book? Um, well, my, my first book was for first time home buyers and Oh, my first book. <laughs> Little humble brag. My first book. Okay, where can I find that one? On Amazon? On Amazon. And what's that one called? It's called First Home, Where to Start and How to Win. Because I love I love serving first time home buyers. And so when somebody calls me, they literally start off the conversation with I don't know where to start. And so I knew that that had to be in the title. And so um, I just break down all of it. Are you emotionally ready for this? Um, are you financially committed to this? And um, really address like the fears that first time home buyers are addressing. And uh, I, I bring that up because a lot of, um, a few uh, loan officer friends that have just entered into the business said that they've learned so much from that book. It's taught them to be a better loan officer and to know more information about how to be a loan officer by reading the book. I was like, super cool. Didn't, Isn't didn't that rewarding? I'm actually, that. I'm actually working on a, a new keynote note that I'm going to be presenting throughout the country, mostly in 2024. Wow. And the keynote, it, 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 it's talent versus effort, which matters most and why. 
and the audience will learn they both matter. Yes. But the bigger question is how can someone increase their talent? Mm. We know how to increase ta the effort, yep. but talent may be one people are lost on. One of my suggestions without giving away the entire presentation is become more financially literate. Mm. I teach loan officers throughout the country. If you want to increase your talent level, one of the five ways you can do so is becoming more financially literate yourself. Yes. So that's a good book for them. Yeah. And obviously you have, you have other LOs reaching out to you saying, Christy, your first book, although it was self-published, it's amazing. This one's not self-published. It's not. No, I, that is so cool. Yes, I'm going through a publisher, um, publishing company, and I'm super excited about this. It just it feels different, you know, from self-publishing. So, um, yeah. So the motivation to answer your question from yes. a few minutes ago, the motivation on this one is I speak with so many people who are drowning in debt. Um, they they don't know how to get out of it, but it's not just a matter of getting out of it. It's a it's a matter of understanding our behaviors and our attitudes and our decisions. And so once we have an understanding of our beliefs about money, which really started formulating somewhere between four and six years old. Um, I don't know about you. I I was raised we were broke and poor. Those are two very distinct things, right? We were broke and poor. And my parents couldn't teach me about money because they didn't know enough about money to teach. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of us are. My dad was born in 1935. So he's a product of, you know, the depression. So what kind of scarcity mindset was he demonstrating through his actions with money? And it wasn't until I was into my thirties, working my tail off. One of my best friends said, um, you're the hardest working person of uh, people I know. But she said, but you're not successful. And I heard that over and over and over again. And I really needed to dive deeper into what that meant. And she was right. I am the hardest working person I know, too. And I, I had a money story that I didn't know existed. So my money story is that I could do good in this world, like demonstrated by my parents. He was a pastor, we housed missionaries. My parents brought in hundreds of foster kids. Like they were amazing human beings. And we were broken poor. So my example was I could do good or I could make money, but I didn't believe I could have both. I didn't see an and, I only saw an or. Yeah. And so once I was able to break that down and then release that belief, now I can create a new relationship with money. And so we all have stories and we've just never questioned it. And then think about how many couples come into relationships and you've never questioned that story before. So how can you talk about something you've never thought about we don't think about what we think about right we just some of us don't even think at all yeah. <laughs> some days facts right? hashtag facts <laughs> um so so now we're it's not it's not a fight about money it's a it's a it's a conflict about how we have a relationship with money so there's there's a, a a chapter for couples too so anyway it's um it starts off talking about our beliefs about money and then what to do about it and there's some very basic teachings on finance there's a chapter on credit um, and then how to create um, the end result that somebody might be seeking which is an opportunity to be able to retire at a young enough age that we can enjoy the stinking life, that we can go and party, you know, um, throughout the year for for goals and those kinds of things. Like I drive a paid off car because I love to vacation. So some things there's a trade off, right? You have to, you have to make choices. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people believe that inheritance or lottery is going to be their golden ticket. And if you can't manage the little things, 
which is what we see on credit reports all the time, right? Mm -hmm. How can you manage the big things? So if you can't manage your intake or your income right now, you think if you get a whirlwind of money that you're gonna be able to turn that into a lifetime of, no, that's why so many people, they squander it in two years and they're bankrupt. It's because um, their relationship with money isn't, isn't clear for them. So, so uh, that's this book. That's this book. This book. And it's, so the, the two go hand in hand. I mean, one was more specifically for first-time home buyers, right. right? And helping them walk through everything from not just the tactical decisions they have to make, but the emotional decisions they have to make. Yes. And explaining them and probably educating them on just what it means to own a home, what it takes to buy a home, right. what questions to ask of themselves, yeah. or even of the professionals who are who are assisting them yes. with the purchase. But then it but goes a step further. This, this yeah. is step two. Yeah. Step two is, okay, you're now a homeowner. Right. Okay, you now have that career. Right. You probably have access to a 401k. Right. And you're probably a whole lot of a mess. And Dio, there's a lot of people out there. There's a guru that a lot of people know that this person's name that calls people stupid for having credit card debt. Well, we've all been there. <laughs> and some people are still swimming in it and can't find a way out. You're not stupid because you have it. Oh, this is that Rick Dansby? No, I don't know that name. <laughs> Sounds like it's Rick Dansby. Okay. <laughs> if it is, then 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 there's two people calling people stupid for having credit card debt. But um, so so if that's your reality, let's create a plan to get out of it. Let's like name calling has never gone very far in my no. world. So yes. you know, like I'm not shaming anybody for being where they're at. I was drowning in thousands and thousands of dollars in debt, and so I've been there, and I've also been broke. I think everybody should be broke for a minute. Don't stay there too long, right? It's humbling and it helps us have empathy for in our future when we actually make money. Now we can be um, the givers to other people, to other organizations, a hand up to people who are in a spot where I used to be. So this is kind of my payback. Like people poured into my life and helped me. And so it's my way of saying, you don't have to stay there forever. You don't have to live in your past unless you choose to, but we can create a new future. I love your mission. I have often said the best place to start is rock bottom. Mm -hmm. um, I don't wish it upon anybody, but nope. like you, man, is it a great place to start? Like I remember what it's like to be $10,000 in credit card debt, to have a pregnant wife, to have just started a new career, yeah. to drive around Central Florida with a for sale sign in the car that I owned that I couldn't afford. And by the way, I cut off our cable before there was Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, before it was like the cool thing to do. Wait, you guys had to like talk at night and stuff? I literally <laughs> cut off the cable and then I went and deferred her student loans and my student loans. Just to get by. Just to get by. I hear it. And the only thing that kept me going was yes, someone had believed enough in me to give me a career opportunity yep. that stated if you work really hard, become good at your craft hone that talent and treat people well. Yeah. There will be no income limitations. And that excited me. Yeah. And that was the light at the end of the tunnel that allowed me to get through. And then those lessons learned showed me that, okay, any time I can endure. Yeah. At any time needed, I can endure as long as I was invited into the room where it happens or I was given access to a seat at the table. Your book is giving people access to a seat at the table. You're very much saying, hey, look, you can't live in my brain, but I'll do the next best thing. Let me write down my thoughts based on my life experiences, as well as the life experience of your clients. I don't know how many people know this about you. You're like a badass mortgage professional. <laughs> I mean, you help hundreds of clients on an annual basis achieve the dream of homeownership. 
or you help them restructure the debt on a home that they already own so that they can become more uh, fiscally sound um, through utilizing equity as a as a tool to achieve financial freedom. Right. That's that's what you do as a profession that currently until this book takes off and you become the next James Clear, (laughs) then that's what's paying your bills. And just a humble brag. I don't know this number, by the way, but I want to I want to hear I want the audience to hear it. What was your units and volume in July? July was not so great. Oh, not so great. Okay, let's talk about the not so great moment. And then let's talk about the the June moment. Give (laughs) give me both. June was a great month. Okay, what was June? June was an extraordinary month. Let's talk extraordinary. June, I closed 13 for just over 4 million. 13 units for 4 million. There are mortgage professionals drooling. This is 2023. This is one of the toughest markets we've seen in two decades. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like you're a top producer, you have been for the past five plus years. And you're only what, seven years in the business? Uh, Well, so I was in the business, I got out with the meltdown, I came back in 2016. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. since 2016, yeah, if I can do my math, all over. Yeah, yeah. Starting so. from scratch, mm-hmm. brand new industry, brand new market. At that point, yeah, I moved here. I didn't know a soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're doing very incredible things in the mortgage arena, but now you're taking that knowledge that you've learned firsthand through experience, yes. yeah. but then even secondhand through living through your your clients. Yes, and the advice you give them and the lives that you're changing and impacting just by being a badass loan officer. Thank you. So there's yeah. two, two thoughts I want to share on that. Okay. Um, I don't think that there's a more important career than working with financing somebody's home. Uh, hashtag facts again. Home is where yes. the heart is, right? Um, we, we get to go deeper than what financial advisors do. They don't see their clients' pay stubs. They don't see their credit reports. They don't see their um, bank statements to see their attitudes and borrowing habits. Like we get an insider's view in, in somebody's life and we can give them really amazing advice to your point earlier, if we know, if we, if we are financially literate, right? So that guidance, I think, is just immeasurable. I think it's so much more important than, you know, selling a product to somebody like what financial advisors will do later when somebody has something to, to work with. A lot of my clients don't have but a couple thousand dollars in the bank. They are paying twenty nine 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 on an APR on a really high credit card debt that they're, you know, bringing forward month after month. Um, I know when I see a um, lending club or one main financial loan that they need some guidance and help. They don't just need a mortgage. We need to sit down and say, listen, there's something that is indicative on your credit report that things are really difficult. Um, Unfortunately, millions of people right now are using their credit cards as an extension of income and they need our help. They need our, our, our help and our guidance. And so I'm actually doing two refinances right now um, in the sevens and eights, depending mm-hmm. on, on the program. And I, I know some people watching this right now are like, how? It's a matter of better positioning somebody to be able to move forward. And it's temporary. It's only going to be a couple years. Like we, we are believing that uh, rates will come down, you know, fives, maybe high fours, who knows. But, um, you know, this current market isn't, nothing is forever, right? So it's just being a good guide showing people how to um, how to tighten those reins that they're experiencing right now. But there's no more important career than what we are in. Yeah, I, um, I'm so sold on that thought. I mean, I'll go to my grave with it. I first had that discussion with Dave Savage with Mortgage Coach, now Trust Engine. 
We were in San Diego together at the Mortgage Bankers Association annual conference. This was probably two or three years ago. Um, it's actually the event I really got to know Dave. Mm -hmm. I knew of him. We had met a couple of times, but like had him on the show, had a chance to speak with him. And yeah, he was the guy that introduced me to the concept of an LO for most Americans is the closest thing to a financial advisor yeah. that that they'll ever encounter. So then if you're an LO, you have to ask yourself, did you deliver? Mm. Did you deliver or did you waste an opportunity to impact someone's life because you yourself aren't well-read, you're not well-versed, you're not a proven practitioner of financial literacy. In fact, Dave, along with Todd Bookspan and Kristen Messerly, they have a nonprofit that I'm trying to, in fact, I know I've gotten involved because I sent them $1,000. I'm waiting for my t-shirt to come back, but they've asked me to participate in terms of helping educate the American populace. And they're starting as young as like 16. And they're trying to get in the classrooms and they're trying to get local real estate and mortgage professionals involved so that collectively we as a community can come together and say, hey, we recognize our importance from an educational standpoint, from a way of giving back and betterment. Mm -hmm. Let's recognize who we are, what we have and what we can do. And then let's get good at it and let's do it you know, all for one, one for all, kind of three musketeer exactly. style. So shout out to Todd, Dave, and Kristen. Um, I want to say it's it's Financial IQ, I believe is the nonprofit. Okay. Okay, Financial IQ, y'all should check it out. If I butchered that, then my apologies. Uh, but uh, I'm really excited about the the idea. The name may be sl slipping my, my, my brain, but I know the idea. I know the mission, and I know I'm all in. JC will uh, will fix that in the notes of this show, right? There you go. <laughs> there you go. But you had a couple other things that we were talking about off camera that you're super passionate about. You're like, I would love to. If we can find a way to weave this into today's episode. Okay. Yep. It was like emotional intelligence. It was personality profiling. Um, these are things that are hot topics with you right now. Yep that you utilize in both your consultative aspect of your business, um, I'm sure as well as your sales approach. Mm -hmm. You mind speaking on that for us? I'd love it. Okay. I, I just, I, I love this topic. I think it's really underrated, underestimated, underheard and under talked about. Um, so when we talk about emotional intelligence, a lot of people have never heard that term before. Um, and think about intelligence as like our brains have a, a tendency to categorize things, right? So when we think about intelligence, I'm really smart in math, but I'm not smart in English or grammar or whatever, right? It, it's not categorized like that. Um, emotional intelligence is really knowing ourselves and being able to, um, to handle ourselves in a way inside of society that is reflective of um, being in control and instead of reacting, responding, and the more I study and read on EQ is, is the, the term of it. I don't know where emotional the, intelligence becomes EQ, but somewhere out there it becomes EQ as opposed to IQ, IQ right? Yeah. Um, but emotional intelligence, there's a ton of books on it. There's a ton of videos on YouTube. You could do a, a quick search on emotional intelligence and just get a, a better idea than what I'm explaining. But just knowing myself and how I, my default way of being, and being in charge and in check of that. Um, it's also connectedness uh, with other people. Instead of seeing you as, um, or a client or something as a meal ticket, as a commission check, as an opportunity to be a referral source, I'm seeing that person for that person instead of the, the object 
that they could be in my life. And I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but I think earlier in my life before learning this, I objectified people. What can you do for me? How can you help me better myself, right? Um, make more money, have another transaction, whatever the whatever the goal was. And and now in, in a reflective state, I'm like, I don't ever want to be that person again. But it's one of those things that once you learn, you can't unlearn. It's just deeply engraved. Well, engraved. how was this introduced to you? Like, where was your, your big aha moment or the epiphany in your personal as well as your business life as it pertains to the, the EQ? Yeah, I think I was at like a luncheon where some speaker had talked about it. And I was like, that sounds very fascinating. And so as I started reading it, I was like, oh, my God, this is this is the core of everything. It uh, Empathy shows up. And if you've read any of Jeb Blount's books, he's got amazing books. He has a book. Um, the first one I read was called Objections. And uh, he's got salesgravy.com. And um, he has a book on, um, on sales EQ. And honestly, it's a combination of emotional intelligence. And then the sales aspect, it's, it's all focused on empathy. And so, so many people might, right now might hear that and go, sales isn't empathy. Sales is a skill and it's, the, it's, it's words and it's the closing techniques and all those things. No, it is not. The closing starts at the introduction, right? And it's how we connect. It's how I make you feel. I want to make sure that I make you feel heard. I think the person who speaks the most, and you do this great for your guests. Well, thank you. It's, it's you help the person who's, who you're in conversation with you have time of possession about 25% and then the person you're speaking with is 75%. And that's what we should be as sales professionals. I'm asking questions because I'm discovering needs and I'm connecting. I'm finding opportunities to be able to serve you. And then so the person who's got the time of possession of 75%, they're winning, right? So that's where we want our clients to be. We want them to be winning and they we want them to feel heard. And in this very noisy, crazy, wild world of ours, Nobody feels heard. Nobody feels special. Nobody feels anything. And just by like deeply listening to somebody and connecting and saying, I hear that. I hear your concerns. Let me help walk you through this journey and make sure that all of your needs are met so you don't have to be concerned about that. All of a sudden, rate doesn't matter anymore. All of a sudden, um, somebody else's closing costs being $700 less doesn't matter anymore because there's this deep trust of, I feel like you have my interest at heart and you've got my back. I want to work with you. A couple of um, comments that came to mind on my end about empathy was first, I think, tactical empathy. It's taught by Chris Voss in his book, Never Split the Difference. It's right here behind me. It's, it's so good. It is right behind <laughs> you. I've, re I've, re I've read it twice. If you're in my one of my coaching groups, there's two books that are must-reads, Atomic Habits by James Clear, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Two amazing books. And he teaches tactical empathy. But you actually reminded me, it's about three years ago, um, my two business partners and I, along with a group of probably five other professionals, we actually hired our company's current CEO. Like we were a part of that, that process of sourcing and interviewing. And I remember being asked by the other members, like, well, what are you looking for, Dustin? Like what matters most to you? And I said, I need somebody who can empathize mm. more than sympathize, right? Because empathy means you understand where I'm coming from. Mm. Not, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, no, I want you to feel it, bro. I want you to be able to be like, I've been there with you yes. or I'm in battle with you. We are on the same team because I am empathizing based on my life's experiences or even based on my successes or failures throughout my, my career. Um, I love it. I, I love the word empathy. And I do believe salespeople must 
show empathy because when you do so, here's what I found. My clients will use me. They can't even tell you why they're using me. It's just a gut. Yep. Oh, oh, I'm following my gut. My gut says this. No, it's not necessarily the gut. It's because I empathize with them. That's right. So we make decisions from head, heart, gut. And you're speaking to all three of them when you when you lead with empathy. And it is a um, it is a learned skill. I think for some people, like I'm a little bit more of a nurturer than some other personality traits. We can talk about that in a moment. You're going to talk about me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't pointing to you. Not you. You're a hard ass dude. <laughs> I but. didn't want to say it out loud. Yeah. But no. um, so, but it, it may not be a default for some people, but it is something that can be improved upon and learned. And um, just like anything else that we learn, you know, script wise, um, any, any of those soft skills, I think soft skills is, is the difference maker. It should be 80% of what we focus our time on. And for most of us in sales, it winds up being 20% because we're doing the admin and the, you know, fill in the blank of all the, the tasks that we get to do. By the way, I'm 44 and one half years old. You remember that used to, we used to like count your half birthday. So I'm 44 and a half years old. And I would say I am much better today at listening and not speaking. I still would only grade myself a five out of 10 which means I came from a two out of 10. That's how bad I was. I wanted to be heard. I wanted to be the loudest voice and I wanted all attention on me. And it took me until I was in my forties. I'm glad you growed up. To, to start to recognize. <laughs> it was really, it was the minute I became receptive to feedback. Mm -hmm. I think I had to be first receptive to feedback. And then once I was receptive to it, then I could listen to it. Then I could try to act upon it. And it's a skill. It's not easy, right. but it's a skill. You know, it's very difficult too. We want to be quick to respond to somebody, but not, we, we've got to be careful that it's not at the cost of not hearing what that person is saying. A lot of times you'll say something and then my mind is already creating what I want to say in response, but I'm not actually then listening to the rest of what you're saying. And it's okay to have a pause after you've completed your statement or your sentence or whatever you're sharing for me to like process that and then respond. So giving yourself permission there also will help you to not be like, I got to know what I'm going to say next, right? <laughs> yeah, a, a book that helped me is actually right behind your left shoulder. And it's um, Stand Like Lincoln, Speak Like Churchill. Wow, I haven't read that one yet. A T. Lopper, I wish I could remember who, who it was specifically, but had bought that book for me as oh. a gift, as like a thank you. And it was in a section teaching about public speaking, how powerful it is to be on center stage, stand there, take a deep breath out of your nose, let it out slowly and just wait and let everyone look at you. Wow. Let the whole room go silent before you go into it. It's, it was really the power of silence and how you can effectively use silence in order to, to, to gain someone's attention. That's good. And you said what you just said and just made me think, oh my gosh, that's another good book. You're dropping books. I'm dropping books. <laughs> the moral of the story is this. You have two successful people in terms of business, right? Because to me, success isn't all about money. Right. Success isn't how much I have in the bank. There's other aspects. I have my, my mental health, my physical health. Mm -hmm. I have my relationships with friends, family, and, and loved ones that I think for me ties into what I deem to be success as well as my contentment with what I do for a living. Yes. You know, it's not all about money. I have to also have a passion for it. Luckily for y'all, if you ever heard me speak about this industry, there's one thing you can't say. You can't say that dude doesn't have passion. No way. You wouldn't be able so, to continue what yeah, you're doing. Yeah. Like, like that's the one thing I probably have more than others. But um, I'm hearing you reading books, 
you attending conferences. You shared with me and shout out because they're friends of the show. And here's a teaser. Amir is going to be on the show in just a couple weeks. But yeah, you just signed up for growth only coaching. Yep. Go so, coaching. so you figured out how you can consistently close 100 plus units a year, how you can fund 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year, but you're still reading books, you're still attending conferences, and you just signed up for one of the best coaching programs in the country, which ain't cheap. Yes, I, yes. I believe they're they're great. Um, I've listened to Amir. He's got a lot of really great uh, insight. Uh, my first coaching call was yesterday with Justin, so I'm stoked about that. Um, I, I, I look at the most successful people in the world and they all have coaches and some of them have multiple coaches and there's nothing wrong with that too, but I need the accountability. So, um, in full transparency, I stopped doing what helped build my business yeah. and I just got so busy working on the business that was in front of me. I stopped doing what I've been doing. So I love teaching classes. I love it. I have three, um, state approved CE classes. I'm working on my fourth, um, and so I'm going back to, to teaching a monthly live class. I'm going to do a, a Zoom um, as well. So I want to do two classes a month. And that's, I love, I love teaching others. So I want to grow realtors' um, way of thinking, their perspective, um, possibilities on creating inventory. Because let's face it right now, somebody's in a 3% interest rate and we're telling them it's seven or even today it got worse, seven and an eighth or quarter or whatever we're at now. I got that alert to lock from yes. Barry Habib and the gang over at MBS Highway. I was like, oh no. I When I see that, that number show up from New Jersey, I'm just like, oh, yep. delete, 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 make that go away. That's right. ADP made their their little um, update on the, the jobs and yeah. it, it wasn't received well, but moving forward. Um, so I, I do think that coaching is, is a significant part. Accountability is a significant part. Um, but also let's talk about the next thing we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about that because yeah. I have a question okay. about the type of classes you're teaching. But before I do, we allow me to make like two or three commentary, do just it. real quick commentary. Yes. So first and foremost, you do know that you made one catastrophic mistake before you signed up for growth only coaching. I, I you didn't upgrade this. your TLOP membership. You're still shaming me and now you're publicly shaming Have me. Have to, well, I, this is a time to promote and pitch at your expense, Christy. Don't make the same mistake I did. Yes, so you could have received an $1,800 discount on some of the best coaching loan officers can have access to just by being a premium plus member. I wish I knew. Like that would have been on top of yes all of the training videos, all of the scripts, all of the marketing ideas on top of, by the way, premium plus members get the CE, get their CE covered for the year. And we're even giving them a complimentary membership to Knowledge Coop Plus. Cause I'm friends with the people who are at Knowledge Coop and Ken and I were able to work something out. Cool. So next time, next time before you renew, <laughs> let's go ahead and upgrade that membership to a premium plus membership because I think the cost of the membership right now is like $14.95. So do the math. You would have paid us $14.95. Yep. A lot of money. And save But me. really it's not because it's like half of the commission of one transaction. It's not a lot of money. In order to, investment. In order to save $1,800. Yeah. It's okay. Next time. Next time. Next time. But no, you're doing these, these courses. I love Lunch and Learns. And I love the fact that you're doing it two different ways. One's live because mm -hmm. there's nothing beats that live interaction. Nothing. However, when you go Zoom. You capture more. You go one to many, many, yes. many. So I think in person you get to go deep, and when you go live, uh, Zoom, you get to go wide. Yep. So um, kudos, kudos to you for that. Thank you. But are you teaching 
this is my alley-oop moment. This is my Penny to Shaq 1992 uh, NBA Finals. Okay. Are you teaching anything on personality profiling? I am a DISC uh, certified instructor. So, yes, that is one of my classes. I absolutely love personality profiling. Like, love, love, love it. I, I try to use it in my daily vernacular. Then I realize, oh, people don't speak my language. Like, if I try to tell you, hey, I'm an IC. Right. You're like, well, I knew you were an I. The C may actually surprise you. It is because it's the opposite. And usually we're not our opposite. So I'm a little bit bipolar. I'm a whole lot quirky. <laughs> I think all salespeople and sales professionals and entrepreneurs were the weird ones to begin with. Oh, like for sure. Like I'm like, look, I'm not normal. You're normal. I'm the abnormal one. But um, then I realized people don't know what I mean when I say I'm an IC or oh, wow. Hey, make sure when you're selling to John, you have to understand he's an S, mm -hmm. right? But you do this. I didn't even know that you were certified. Can you, can you kind of introduce our, our audience to DISC personality profiling, but more importantly, why understanding your own personality yes. probably even plays into the empathy aspect, mm -hmm. but then why being able to quickly assess someone else's personality matters to them, not just, by the way, in their business world, but probably in their personal life. For sure. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, saves marriages, I bet. Um, so there's all sorts of different personality assessments out there. This specific one is called DISC. It's an acronym, D-I-S-C. So just kind of picture a, a graph of it. Um, what's most important about understanding and being able to quickly identify somebody's um, prominent, because we all have, just like you said, you're a mix. I'm a high I, and in work mode, I'm an ID. Um, in life, I'm an IS. Wow. Okay. So, so when I am on a task, like that's my full focus, but in just my general living, um, I'm an IS and I just, I'm a people people, right? So what's most important about being able to identify that is because we want to mirror and match. So it's not important what I say, it's important what you hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if, if I were calling, let's say you were strictly a C, that, that's like the engineer brain. Yep. Um, C to me stands for compliance. compliance. Who hasn't been, by the way, I think you can go on Tony Robbins website and you can do a free disc personality profile assessment. You can. The only thing it doesn't say is what you are. It doesn't say if you are an I or a D S C. Well, that's the rub, right? The, yeah. the rub is, is yeah. they gave you something for free. Yes. Like, look, over at TLOP Online, we have free memberships, but if you want the good stuff, right. you got to become a member. That's yep. Right. So, but nonetheless, but it defines it for yes. Free. So those who don't know, yes. yeah, a C to me is someone who's very compliant, compliant. driven. Yeah. I think of a CPA. Yes. You, you said an engineer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, what's really important about each of those categories is knowing what they fear and knowing what drives them. So that's where I wanted to just spend oh, a couple of minutes. Yeah. yeah, I don't know this. Okay. Please educate, <laughs> drop some knowledge. Um, and and um, if I were speaking to a C, that's my opposite. I'm a high I. I can't come at them as an I. They'll they'll hang up on me in the, in the first two or three minutes. And it's harder to convert your opposite. So you have to morph into who they need, not, not in a way of being inauthentic, okay, but just focusing on delivering information in a way that they need to receive it. So, um, so compliance, I can't say it's about 13,000 for your closing costs. I need to say I've ran the information and, and the number that I have with the estimates available for me is your closing costs are $12,950. Okay. Um, when you're talking to an I, Leave time for stories. <laughs> We're going to connect in a way where we've got to like each other. So if you could picture a D and an I and then an S and a C. D and I make um, very quick decisions. 
and but for different reasons. Okay, so these um, are typically your CEOs, your business people. Um, this is who I think uh, Madoff was. I think all of his clients were all D's. They're busy. They're making a, a million decisions, and they trust, and they make quick decisions. Okay, so a D and a C has to trust before they can like you. An I and, and an S has to like you before they can trust you. Ds and Is make very quick decisions. S and Cs make slower decisions. So those are the people that sometimes are like um, paralysis by analysis. Mm -hmm. So if they're comparing something, the way you can win them over is give them the two to three things that they need to really focus on instead of getting allowing themselves to get lost in the minutia. So if somebody's comparing, for instance, your program and loan estimate to their bank or credit union, for instance, you could say, uh, I want to point out that my lender fee is this, the credit report fee is this, and all of these other items are third-party fees. I can't control it any more than your banker could control it. So those are the items you'd like to compare because I don't have a say in the matter of what the title company's closing fee is, right? Yep. So this is you selling to or presenting a to a C. Yep. Yes. I have to give them exact data and point out what it is that they're shopping or otherwise they're gonna create spreadsheets, they're gonna put 12 hours into it, they're gonna take three days to decide and everything's changed, right? And then they're just gonna go with maybe the path of least resistance. My banker called me, oh, I've got you on the phone, go ahead and start, right? I'm in contract. So um, in order to, um, to best be heard by somebody, you gotta understand what drives them. So Ds need respect, they wanna, they wanna feel respect. Is wanna be liked, shocker. <laughs> S's, um, they're the steady, and that's actually the largest um, population group, okay? They want to feel safe. And then the C's, they have to be right. So don't ever tell a C that, oh, no, that part isn't right. You will lose them. Um, S's, don't interrupt them. If you interrupt them, they might shut down from listening to you, and it's going to be hard to get Because I hurt their, their feelings? It did. Okay. Yep. Um, they they don't want to be the one that's the loudest one in the room, but they also want an opportunity to be heard. Um, and C's need to be right. So if somebody comes to you with a whole bunch of data and information, compliment them, tell them how right they are, and then go alongside with them on that information instead of saying, well, <laughs> and try to overstep. If you step on their toes, you've lost them. So if I'm talking to a C, I like that. Like, this is great advice even for me because I... Though I do have, and it's funny, if you ever do a disc personality profile, you'll realize you have like a dominant, but then you have like a secondary yes. trait. Yes. So I tend to tell people, look, I'm an I C, but my eye is through the roof. My eye is so through the roof that I have to dial it back at work. I see that. Some people have to dial theirs up yes. to go to work. I have to dial mine back because it's already so high that if I try to add any more mm -hmm. fuel to that fire, yeah. it becomes a bonfire and bonfires can get out of control. Mm. We don't want me getting out of control at work, so we dial that back. But when I'm talking to a C, I could totally see myself, who's also a bit of a C, needing to be right and proving that I'm right. But you're now teaching me today, no, acknowledge. Acknowledge. Acknowledge, hey, I love the fact you've done your research. Yes, yes. Let's, let's take a look at that research together. And then as you go through it, instead of questioning the research, just say, hey, out of curiosity, can you help me determine how did they solve for that number? Yeah. Can you help me? Oh, that's how you see it? Okay, yeah, I was looking at it from a totally different angle. Here was my angle. Yep, that's good. Don't want to be argumentative, but right. I, ultimately, if I disagree with the number, I can't say I disagree. Correct. I have to lead the conversation to where I ask enough questions, get them to respond, allow them to be the subject matter expert, allow them to be the know-it-all, 
No, what I'm I trying to do is ask enough questions that they realize that their number may be less right than my number is. Right. But what's important is who says it. So if you can lead them to mm. that conclusion yes. and they say, oh, I see how you got there. And that I understand that now. They, they didn't say they're wrong and you're right, right? Mm -hmm. But they're the ones that said it and not you. Yep. So it's really important who says that. And then the last thing I want to say on, on all of this is um, Ds and Cs are very task focused. And then Is and Ss are people people. <laughs> so um, make sure you can identify. And that's an easy way to identify if, if maybe somebody's a D or a C. And then if somebody's an I or an S. So it's really, it was so confusing to me when I first started this. I, I, I had been introduced to it and I said, okay, I understand how that can have an impact in my business. But then the more I started really becoming a student of it, I thought, oh my gosh, I can quickly identify. And then I can, that part of my personality can be the one that leads in that conversation. And what happens is instant connectedness. And it's a game changer for connecting with realtors, uh, financial advisors, attorneys, CPAs. I can now speak their language in a way that allows us to connect. And then they say, all right, I get you. Because um, I just made a recent hire. What I wanted to do was I wanted to hire just like me. What I needed to do was my exact opposite. I'm yes. high I, I had to hire high C. Now, when our communication and our default state is opposite, there's a potential for conflict in the future. But knowing this information, I know how she has to receive information and she also knows how to get information out of me, right? Like chasing a, a gnat around the room. <laughs> so, um, so just being able to identify it has changed everything in my life. So I just really want to encourage anybody listening to become a student of this and then start applying it, know, know oneself, right? And then know how you need to show up for who you are speaking to. It will change your business. It will convert leads to, to clients. You hit the nail on the head. The, the big thing is become a student to it, right? Like today was about exposing you to this, to this concept, to these ideas mm -hmm. that this information is available, but now you have to go out and do something with it yep. and then do it consistently enough. Cause the goal is that within 30 seconds to three minutes of meeting somebody, you can with 88% accuracy guess, oh, is this person a D or are they an I, are they an S or are they a C? Mm -hmm. I have to be very aware of S's. I have zero S in me. Like there is no security in, in anything that I do. I am the type of person that if you told me that your mother passed away, my next question is, oh, how old was she? Oh. Oh, yeah. Like when I say I have no <laughs> S, like there's like S's need me to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And that's not your default. How are you doing? That is not my default. Right. I have to know if someone's an S, I have to recognize that. And I have to elevate the little bit of S I do have to try to hit that commonality. Because right. if I went to my default, it would be, oh, how old was she? Yeah. And then if you gave me an age that I felt was like um, fair, fair, I would be like, she lived a good. She life. lived no shit. She I lived a good life. And then this person would be devastated, think I'm the biggest prick out there. And no, I'm a caring person with a big heart. I love to give back to my community, but death and death of loved ones it doesn't register on my radar, mm -hmm. therefore I don't do well with it. And that's just one example, right. but that thing, it's a really strong example of how at least I can recognize, because I've gone through that various awareness. disc trainings, yeah. that now that I'm aware of it, I can at least attempt to make it better. Well, here's, here, here's what I wanna make sure that your listeners uh, take away from this. You can teach this to your realtors, because this falls into that soft skills bucket 
that we all need to sharpen that tool on that makes the difference of of a relationship or not a prospect turning into a client or not and um one of the things that I learned too is what we say in our, our words. So if you were to talk to an I or an S and you want to get feedback, you ask them, how do you feel about this? Because they're people, people, yeah. right? If you're talking to a D or a C, remember they are task people. How do you think? What do you think about this? And sometimes when you got a couple, you've got like my husband's my opposite. So if you were sitting down and going over some paperwork, closing disclosure, right? You might ask Andrew, uh, knowing that he's a task, what do you th what do you think about this? And you might ask me, how do you feel about it? So it's okay to even have um, the, this, that question for each person if you've identified uh, that. So for realtors, if a realtor were showing me a property and they said, Christy, what do you think about this? If they didn't know I was a high eye, I would probably look around and say, well, there's popcorn ceilings, yeah. I gotta replace the floors, I gotta knock out that wall. It, it looks like a lot of work. But if you were to say, how do you feel about this? I might go, it feels cozy. Yeah. It's a whole different result. I love it. You you just hit something. You didn't mean to do this, but um, it's empowerful. Powerful. Empowering and powerful. I just added those two words together. I cool. try to say powerful and empowering at the same time. But you said you can learn this and teach, teach it to it. your realtors. Teach it to your realtors. Okay. This applies to everything. When you're tuned into episodes like this, when you become a member of TLOP Online, when you listen to Barry Habib over at MBS Highway, when you attend a growth only coaching event, when you become a member of Finlocker, when you uh, hang out with Dave Savage, like whatever you're doing in your world, you need to not just keep it to yourself, leverage it and then pay it forward. I promise you, you can pay it forward, but then you get all of the credit for the idea when right. all you are is the messenger, but they don't know that and they don't need to know that. Right. What they need to know is you're introducing your audience to these thoughts and these, these ideas. So you're not just reading these books, attending these conferences, paying for this coaching, subscribing to these services for your own professional and personal betterment. But if you leverage it properly, you could 10X the results by sharing it and then by putting other people's first, it'll start coming back to you. Right. You'll get those referrals. You'll, you'll start having 13 unit a month closings, $4 million in volume, making $40,000, $50,000 in commission. But it starts with you and then it's what you do with it. I have a question for you and then we're going to wrap it up. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is there a way, do you think, offline, could I somehow convince you to spend an hour of your time I don't know if I can pay you, but I can take you out to sushi. Could you sushi. and would you be willing to do a one-hour webinar for the TLOP members only on disc? Let me think about it. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I thought that it. was a, a generic, like, hey, let me think about it. I don't know. Deal. you ask me, I say yes. Yes. Come hey, on. we're going to throw it out there. So if you are a member of TLOP online, then in the next probably three to six weeks, I'm going to get with Christy. We're going to put our schedules out. See and we're going to bring you on and you're going to do a whole entire free one hour, which is going to cost me sushi, but it's going to be free to the people, um, a one hour class on disc. And then something else I'm going to do, you know, our friend, Mike Smalley, yes. another mega producer, $90 million guy. I think last month he put up like 7 million again in a market yeah. like we're in. Mike has asked me, or maybe I asked him, he agreed to do it. He's going to start doing a monthly coaching call wow. for our members. That's awesome. Just something to give back. 
another way, just trying to bring people access to thought leaders like you, mega producers like Mike, in hopes that they can pick up a thing or two, they can use it for their professional and personal betterment, but then hopefully then 10X that result by going out and teaching it to, to other people. Yeah, so good. Christy, if people want to get a hold of you, what is the best way to reach you, connect with you, find you, et cetera? Um, on all social media, I'm under Credit Christy, so I'm on LinkedIn, TikTok. <laughs> Credit's with a C, but Christy's with a K. K-R-I-S-T-I. Okay. Yeah, yep. thank you. And um, my book will be published on August 15th. Yes, uh, check out the book. I'd love support on that. And, and um, you know, if, if it's something that you feel is good information share it with your, share it with your people, share it with your friends. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to connect with you. I'm a real person that's just living through some real experiences. It's not, um, you know, I feel like there's, there's some people out there that have like ghostwriters and those kinds of things just to try and to, to, to say they're a published author. I like, I poured my heart into this and it was just from a very raw place, you know, yeah, that and, and drop some ducats to get it published. Like that's a big deal to get your book published. A has to be good, but then two, someone has to front that cost. Yes. So yes, y'all support Christy. Thank you. Like support her, buy the book, read the book. I'd be shocked if you don't find value. There will be value in there. There, there, I know. there, will, there will be value. And for y'all up in North Carolina, we are coming up your way three weeks from today. No, three weeks from when this episode gets dropped. August 24th, we're going to be in North Carolina, Charlotte more specifically, with our friends from Rosegate Mortgage. We are doing a half-day loan officer sales mastermind event. Wow. So go to the website at a minimum just so you can register for that event. We're doing it at a brewery. It's going to be amazing. And uh, we look forward to seeing many of you in person. Everyone else, we look forward to catching you on the next episode. She's Credit Christy. I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today, but we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.